We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast. It is the Dawson T.O. and Fanta Podcast. It is 10.36 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Monday morning, the only legitimate time zone. I'm Rob Doster. I have Terrence Oglesby. I have John Fanta. And it was a wild weekend in uh, college basketball. We're going to break it all down. Um, I have seven topics I want to play buy, sell, hold with you guys. Uh, before we do all of that, let me just, I'm going to tee you up like this. Fanta. Everything that happened this weekend, your single biggest takeaway was? The Texas Longhorns. Terrence, what is wrong? Whoa. Your eyes are wide. ESPN just gave me three more games. All right, Terrence. <laughs> How about that? What the fuck? Okay. There we go, Terrence. How about that? How about those apples? Like, okay, my biggest big? takeaway was that uh, was that To oh. is now too <laughs> too big for the field of sixty eight. He's getting ESPN games. I don't know if we're still going to be able to get him on here. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. That just happened. Just happened. All right, ready to go, Texas. Sorry, dude. That that's a that's a great email to get. That just brightened my day after hearing what's been going on this morning that we're not going to talk about, but we're ready to go. <laughs> well, so Texas is my biggest takeaway. And the fact that they went into the octagon on Saturday and won 69 to 66 over Kansas State, huge for the Longhorns. What Rodney Terry has done is as good of a job that any head coach has done in the last two months in college basketball. He's kept a team that had every distraction, every reason that they could have withered. Now, granted, they have seniors, they've got veteran players, but still, what he's been able to do to, to sort of keep a culture of humility and hard work in place it's representative of him and it's representative of the players that they have and for those guys to really come together christian bishop embraces the bench role playing some of the best basketball of his career sir jabari rice came from winning at new mexico state was part of an ncaa tournament team with teddy allen and you could see the winning in the way that he's playing texas has that it factor it didn't go away when the chris beard fallout Happened, and I don't think, I don't think in the last month and change that we've done the show, guys, that we have talked about Texas as a potential Final Four team. The fact is, they deserve to be ranked in the top five of the country on this fine Monday, because they racked up wins last week over Baylor, 
and over Kansas State. Yeah, they lost to Tennessee, but that's a ball club that has won four straight games in the toughest conference in college basketball, the Big 12. Texas needs to be treated as a legitimate Final Four candidate. T.O.? That's, I, I like all of that. Is it, so biggest takeaway from the weekend is Texas. That's what we're getting at. I got two takeaways. For I got me. two takeaways. Oh, yes. Uh, first takeaway is uh, Thompson Bowling Arena in ten- at the University of Tennessee is now getting the whistle. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. Auburn should have been shooting free throws at the end of the game. There is no question about it. Tennessee fans are, oh, he didn't touch him. There's something that happened to possession before. I don't want to hear it. You got to be able to land. Wendell Green goes straight up and down. Camelot goes underneath him. He's still moving while he jumps. It's not allowed. It's against the rules. It's in the rule book. He's got to be able to land. That's a foul. Should be shooting three free throws. Secondly, Skyline Chili is good on the way in. It's good on the way in. I'm not going to sit here and I'm going to tell you it's great on the way out, but it's good on the way in. I was in Cincinnati for the first time ever. I made a pit stop at Skyline Chili only to watch the next day at a game, Cincinnati. UCF. They don't want to be called Central Florida. I just want to let you both know that. Never call them Central Florida. Don't want to be a directional school. They're UCF. Don't make that mistake. I made it 39 minutes and 56 seconds without saying Central Florida. Last four seconds of the game said Central Florida. I'm going to go throw my tongue over my shoulder. But Skyline Chili is an interesting situation. Not only do they love their chili in Cincinnati, and you know this, Fanta, you're over there covering Xavier, but they will chug cans full of Skyline Chili in the student section. Chili running down their face. Chili running down their face. The Cincinnati protein shake. It is an unbelievable situation happening there. Uh, no, uh, Tennessee should not have won that game in the manner that they did. I think if it goes to overtime, they win anyway. Uh, that defense, though, it keeps them in it. It keeps them in it. What's the other way? Julian Phillips, once again, only takes three shots. Get that man to ball. Get that man to ball. I don't know what the blind spot is. That's an issue. Um those are my two takeaways. Skyline Chili, Tennessee gets the whistle. Skyline Chili's not good. Can we just get that on the record? Don't do that. Don't do that. The people of, the, uh, of Cincinnati and Ohio, Kentucky border will just come at you. It's meat come and at, cheese. What's wrong with that? Come, and noodles. come at me. It is a weird combination. <laughs> come come at me. Like, it's – it's you're putting, like, this chili sauce. It doesn't really have any meat in it. It's just kind of like a chili sauce on top of – pasta on top of spaghetti and then you're layering it up with like this much just shredded cheese like it's a half pound of cheese <laughs> yeah that, come on i on love small, that what are we doing i here? love that the number one team in the country lost and that 15 of the top 25 teams lost in college basketball this past <laughs> week and we're heading on skyline chili <laughs> this podcast you gotta, is- hit, you gotta hit what's important Panther. <laughs> despite what some critics say this podcast is the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right we have we have a critic we have a critic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all what right was your takeaway uh, what yeah, was so, your takeaway well i just my my biggest takeaway is that the difference between the best team whoever you think it is in college basketball and like the 25th best team in college basketball is the smallest that it's ever been. Uh, I I just, I don't see how we're not going to see fireworks in the NCAA tournament. And it's going to end up being this kind of situation where like you get like a four seed and a five seed and a two seed and a nine seed in this year's final four. It's going to be completely entirely unpredictable. And it leads me to kind of say um, anybody that fits the mold of having good guard play, having effective interior play that can both defend 
and score. Like anybody that kind of fits that mold is going to have a chance to make a run of the tournament this year, whether it's someone like a Creighton, whether it's someone like an Indiana, whether it's someone like a Virginia, whether it's someone like an Iowa. Like as long as you are balanced and you have guard play, anybody can make a run this year. Like I would not be shocked to see how many teams right now in the top 25 that are getting votes in the top 25. Think about it. Is there anybody in there that would shock you if they made the tournament? Look at the, like the top 25 on Kempom. Is there anybody in there that would shock you if they made not make the tournament, made a run in the tournament? I, I just it's it's wild to me how how wide open everything is this year. I can't how remember good, how good college basketball is this year. I know there's no per, quote unquote great teams, but like there's a lot of really good basketball being played this year, guys. And the variability from game to game is freaking awesome. And you know I where there's it. not a lot of good basketball being played. Anywhere that Tennessee is playing, <laughs> they make it ugly. Dude. They make it ugly. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta yo, give them credit. They make it ugly. Theo, I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand how a guy who got to college, who had success in college, and who ended up having an eight-year, ten-year, whatever it was, career playing professionally overseas, as doing nothing other than shoot and not play defense, can like a team that won a game while they shot twenty-seven percent from the floor. from three and 58.8% from the free throw line. That's never happened. We talk about 50, 40, 90, right? Like that's a great shooting team. There's never been a team that's won a game shooting under 30, under 10 and under 60 until Tennessee did it on Saturday against (laughs) Auburn in Thompson bowling arena when they probably shouldn't have won. 50, 40, 90, Tennessee's at the 30, 20, 60 and they're winning games. (laughs) Because the dude's guard. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. Like, they just they're make just, it ugly. Make it I ugly. I don't know. They're they're too structured to me. I'm falling out. I'm, I'm starting to fall out. Well, offensively, they're just... Rick Barnes is a great coach. Yes. But to me, they just, they just come in. They're too scripted. There's just not enough innovation happening in that offensive system. There's not enough playmaking and there really is no alpha there's just there's no who are you giving the ball to in the last two minutes of the game I mean that's it but and that's all I want that game was so ugly on Saturday to me there are two other takeaways that I would have and I know that we're going to get to this on the show today but number one is that Indiana's figured things out and and even though they lost to Maryland early last week that's college basketball that's what makes March Madness so interesting this year. Nobody can seem to win away from their home court. So now when you get all these teams on a neutral court, who knows what's going to happen this particular year? I would wager that we will see a 14 or 15, at least one of them, they're going to win a game, right? Like that's going to happen again. Oral Roberts yep. did it two years ago. St. Peter's did it last year. Another 15 is going to win a game this year. But – Indiana's figured things out. And when Trace Jackson Davis just gets any help from his guards, the Hoosiers mm-hmm. are that good. They are. They're that good. And they're defending. They're defending. That was one. And then the second thing was because we were on late night on After Dark Saturday night, they said Aiden Mahaney's one of the best freshmen in college basketball. Mm. And and that St. Mary's Gonzaga game was incredible stuff. You know, it's a top 20 showdown that ends up not getting a lot, as many viewership, as much viewership as another top 20 game. But St. Mary's is every bit legitimate 
as as any of the teams that deserve to be in the the top 15 right now. And Mahaney's been incredible. Randy Bennett is one of the best coaches in the country. Barnard. Mm-hmm. I and like how have, he's been that. that. He's just not this I'm sorry. The fact that they have a two game lead in the WCC is eye popping. Mm-hmm. Eye popping. Like we when Drew Timmy came back to Gonzaga, we thought, woo, we thought they they'll be, but by Gonzaga standards, been a disappointing season. Yeah, I'm just gonna take you guys behind the curtain real quick on on the way that we do uh, do the DTF podcast. Last week, I sent out. Uh, I did not send out any kind of rundown. I just kind of let figured like we're just gonna let it go. Uh, we'll see what happens. It was a total disaster. Tio was off the rails. I think that he, uh, you know, he drank a little bit too much coffee. We we're all over the place this week. Uh, I sent out a rundown, and before we could even get to the rundown, Fanta's just going completely off script and talking about all the topics that we want to talk about. Getting into St. Mary's and Gonzaga, it's just I can't win. So you know what? This is this this is what it is. This that's the beauty of the DTF podcast, man. Fanta's a huge tease. He's a huge tease. Big tease. You asked Big tease, me. Fanta. Big tease. You asked us for weekend takeaways. The fact is, in this sport right now, there's thirty thousand. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's no shortage of storyline right now. So I, I just you you almost feel like when you like when I brought up Texas, I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, that was a great takeaway. It was probably my biggest one because I got to tell you guys, I did not think that Texas was going to go to Kansas State and beat them. No, I I, I thought Texas would have faltered. I, I, I really did. Everybody thought they would have fallen out by now. All right. Before we get into this buy sell hold, real quick, you guys each have one minute to answer this. Can you Matt Painter is probably the favorite to win national coach of the year at this point? <clears throat> Jerome Tang is probably second, right up there with TJ Otzelberger. Why not Rodney Terry? Given everything that happened with the Texas program, he is the highest rated team in the Big 12 right now, in the toughest league in the conference. He's all alone in first place in the toughest league in the yes. conference, and he just won at Kansas State. They just beat Baylor. They just went on a run where they played, like, five straight teams that are ranked in the top 20 on Kempom, and they're 4-1 four and, four and one in that stretch. So why not Rodney Terry, National Coach of the Year? Why not Rodney Terry, Big 12 Coach of the Year? Hey, here's the thing. Like, you look at – I listened to you on Saturday because I was traveling home, uh, but – he has he hasn't been bad as a head coach. Like he doesn't necessarily have a resume as a head coach that would scream like, "Hey man, give this guy the Texas job." But, but you look at his record at Fresno State, 2012, he got the job, 13 and 20, 11 and 19, and then he goes 21 wins, 15 wins, 25 wins, 20 wins, 21 wins. Gets UTEP, and they stunk before he got there. Eight and 21 his first year. 17 and 15 the second year, 500 the third year. It's not it's not a bad resume. And it's not like he had a ton of time to make things happen at UTEP before he took the job at Texas. He almost pulled he, he kind of pulled a Holtman, guys. Like if you remember what I'm talking about, Chris Holtman was at Gardner Webb as a head coach, goes to Butler as the head assistant because it was a better opportunity to kind of get going because he was going to work for Brad Stevens. He ends up getting the Butler job, does well, parlays that in Ohio State. Now you look at Rodney Terry, leaves UTEP to take the head associate head position at Texas, and it might have just been the perfect storm. And it's not like he's been bad. He's rallied those guys around him. And Texas is still really good. So there's something to be said there. Why not Rodney Terry? Well, and and one one real quick note I want to add to that is we talk about his resume at the other schools. Well, you also have to add in the fact that 
what he's done at Texas is now on his resume. I know he didn't build this team and it's a veteran team. So it's probably a little bit easier than doing it with a bunch of young guys, but he still won all of those games. He's game game playing those games. He's got every bought, but he bought in like he's done the stuff that you need to do as a head coach. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen him at lower levels, at least do an adequate job building it. And also I think it's fair to say, he was part of those Texas programs that brought in like LaMarcus Aldridge and Booby Gibson and PJ Tucker and all of those dudes that from like, uh, what, what was he there? Fancy like 2002 yeah. to 2011 or something yes, like that. I don't that's have right. 2002 to 2011. That was TJ Ford and Kevin Durant and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Like he was a part of that. And he was part of putting this roster together too. Now guys, like mm-hmm. I, I'm not against it. Plus in my mind, and this is just, you know, having gone to the Moody center and how ritzy and flashy it is. Like Ronnie Terry kind of fits that like flashy kind of thing that Texas has. The only not problem like, is, is he's got he's got a voice like this. He talks like this. He yeah, but he, much. he, he I, <laughs> I like my, it though. We gotta yeah, get my guy a throw lozenge, dude. <laughs> get him a little yeah. green tea. Yeah, get my man some uh, whatever it is. A throat lozenge, be ready to go. But it, he's got the buffs on. He's coaching like he is the 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 flyest dude on the recruiting trail. If you see him out on the trail, he. He is Texas up in the mm-hmm. coolest shit you'll ever see. Like, I don't know where he finds it, but like he fits like this kind of ritzy, like we are Texas kind of feel mm-hmm. to him. And yeah. I've met, I've met him. I've met Rodney three times. He has no idea who I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it, man. He's big time. And like, that's kind of, so, the, you know, you, you know kind of have to have that swag. I have a forgettable face. I'm starting to figure out more and more. I have a forgettable face. Hansborough forgot me. Uh, I ran into John Hollinger. I ran into John Hollinger at Cincinnati. (laughs) He was the GM when I was on the G League team. He had no fucking idea who I was. (laughs) Wow. You thought thought you were going to get a call up. Uh, yeah, I was like, hey, man, two-way central. No, sir. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. And then who was the other one who forgot me? I Cal. can't remember who it was. Calipari. Huh? Calipari. Calipari. I spent three days with Calipari in Serbia, of all places. Went to dinner with him twice. No clue. You know no what the problem is? Who I was. Dude, I'm, the problem, dude, I'm just another bold People white look man. at you and That's they all say, I am. this dude doesn't have eyebrows. I I can't trust this guy. Dude, the they, eyebrows, they, they, would help me, <laughs> they would help me be more recognizable. The lack of eyebrows, dude. For, forgettable face. Forgettable in this area. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Yeah. Idea. Rob We're gave us. He wait, had no idea who I was. Do I get 60 seconds to talk about Rodney Terry? Yeah, go ahead. But only no, you can go another because we're already buttoning up. I care. Banner's got a hard out today. Showed up late for the podcast. and That wasn't his fault, though. That was one of our critics. I totally agree. Roger Ebert. Banner couldn't get off the phone with Roger Ebert. (laughs) I totally agree with what Terrence said. I don't need to go 60 seconds. I need to go 10. He's just done an amazing job under unprecedented circumstances. After one of the all-time flameouts of a coach. Yeah. All-time flameouts of a coach for Terry to keep them afloat. More than a float, but great. They're the top team in the Big 12 right now. And yeah. it, it tell you what, tell you what, what? you want to really you want to really be taken seriously? Like I'm talking, you want to talk about national coach of the year? You'll get everybody's attention if you go in down on Fieldhouse and win tonight. Uh-huh. Yep. Which they All could right. do. They Which could they do. could Kansas, do. Kansas mm-hmm. has lost four or six. Yep. Um, 
I just wanted to say, uh, Fanta said, I don't need 60 seconds. I only need 10. That's not the first time those words have come out of his mouth. <laughs> Ooh, let's go. Hey, hey, I'm a, I, hey, I already uh, hit up Fanta's registry. I bought them bed sheets because it was on the registry. I said, take it easy on those things now, Fanta. You got to wait till you got to wait till the, till the wedding night now. <laughs> All right. All right. We're playing buy, sell, hold. We're playing buy, sell, hold. I'm putting five minutes on the timer. We're doing old school DTF. Uh, we're going to start. Fanta, I'm going to you first on this one. Purdue God, I love this show. is the only final four threat in the Big Ten. Buy, sell, hold. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll sell that because I, I do think that that both Illinois and Indiana are capable of being in a regional final, which means that you have a chance to win the game and go to the final four. I'm not just going to sit here and, and pigeonhole myself to Purdue because you just said it. There's 25 teams, the top 25 teams in the in Kempom that there's a reasonable case for each one of them to have to to make that deep tournament run, well, Indiana's 20th there and Illinois' 25. So I guess by that logic, it fits. I think Indiana's gotten a lot better. I think they've figured out life without Xavier Johnson. We'll see what happens when he does come back, how that all works. But, man, with a player as good as Trace Jackson Davis, who's got a will to win, he's got a will to win. And for Illinois, they've got a winner like Matthew Meyer. Illinois is this close, this close to getting even more credit. Tony Perkins was unbelievable for Iowa on Saturday at Carver Hawkeye. So I'm selling that. I think that the Big Ten does have multiple teams that could make the deep run. I'm selling that, too, because I'm a huge Big Ten guy. So I'm going to fire up the Big Ten for a second. <laughs> um, I, I agree with what Fanta said. I think Indiana, what makes them different, uh, this year too and you're starting to see the Big Ten kind of adjust to not just winning in the Big Ten but also winning in the NCAA tournament uh, Purdue has the immovable object in Zach Eady and then they have guards around him that can shoot and they're defending really well Illinois uh, they're so adaptable and versatile with their lineups and what they can do if they need to guard a five they throw Dane Danger in there he can guard a lot of fives not named Zach Eady or Trace Jackson Davis and then they all can also get out on the perimeter and defend because of Coleman Hawkins so, like, you could throw a lot of different lineups out. You're very versatile in how you can defend. I like Illinois for that reason. Indiana, though, I'm telling you, 
because uh, Trace Jackson Davis can get out and guard a little bit on the perimeter uh, be, because of some of those things, and he can still dominate on the inside. If there's perimeter shooting on a given night for that Indiana team, they're a tough out for anybody, as was evidenced uh, when they've when they just beat Purdue. I mean, it's yeah. like they're, they're a very, very good basketball team. They have several teams that can make it to the Final Four, and because they're starting to adjust their style of play just a little bit, I feel like – uh, there are some teams this year that are capable of making runs. Yeah, I, I would throw Illinois in that mix, um, especially with the emergence of Jaden Epps. I think he's been really good over the course of like the yeah. last two weeks or so. Uh, it's weird. I'm a little bit worried about Illinois offensively as opposed to on the defensive end of the floor right now. I think they've been much better defensively than they have been scoring the ball uh, in, in recent weeks. Indiana, obviously. Um, to me, it's a little bit contingent on Xavier Johnson coming back because Jalen Hutchifino – when he's good, he's really, really, really good. Um, and it can take advantage of, of teams playing drop card. Like when he gets to his right hand and gets that little midi pull up, like that, you can take that to the bank. Uh, problem is, he can have off nights. We saw it against Maryland. We've seen it a couple times this season. So I do think that it, it is contingent on uh, Xavier Johnson getting back, but I'm expecting Xavier Johnson to be back sooner uh, rather than later. I'm going to throw Maryland to the mix too. Ooh, I like spicy. The, I, spicy. I think. I think uh, I think Willard's kind of figured this group out a little bit. Um, I think that they have the same kind of build as Illinois, where they're versatile. They can guard you different different ways, uh, and they have a bunch of guys that can get you a bucket. Jameer Young's been good. Um, I love Dante Scott. Maybe I just got my Terps blinders on. Last no, one I'm going to give to you. Good player. Last one I'm going to give to you guys. Fanta, you saw him on Saturday. To I know you love these dudes because of the way they defend. You're a defense guy first and foremost, through and through. But Rutgers. Why not Rutgers? Come on, they lock you up. Cliff Amore is a monster inside. Paul Mulcahy, he does the job. Like they just, they know what they are and they know how to win. And they got to be able to score. Yes, that's my issue with Rutgers. Yes, but it's kind of like Tennessee, man. Like the 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 one difference I would say is that I'm a little bit more confident in um, Paul Mulcahy being able to create shots than I am in in Tennessee being able to find ways to create shots in crunch time. But maybe I'm just biased because I live in Jersey. Anything to add? We got, I got 30 nothing. seconds on the clock, guys. I got nothing there. What, when did your timer start? <laughs> at, at the five-minute mark. All right, all right. We'll keep moving. We'll go to the next one. We're done early. Look at this. We're finishing early, kind of like John Fanta. Um, Woo! God. <laughs> Zingers for days. Let's go. All right, number two. Number two. Uh, I'm going to you first on this one, um, T.O. Azulis Tubelis is a first-team All-American this season. Buy, sell, hold. Buy. And here's my thing. We were doing all all American mid team mid season all Americans with Goodman Psycho T, aka Psychic T. You like that? I added that to him because he predicted Louisville beating Georgia Tech. <laughs> he goes, "I think Louisville gets a win tonight." So I quoted him and said, "Psychic T, that's a big deal." But I did not pick Azulis Tabellus to be on first team All American because I, th- there's so many other good players in college basketball. And then what does he do? <laughs> goes for forty and seven. Just to shut me up. Well done, sir. The Arizona forward should be a first-team All-American, and I'll just leave it at that. Fanta? Yeah, he's one of the five best players in college basketball this year. The the 40-9 and nine this past week. Oh, against, 49, excuse me. I against Oregon was absolutely ridiculous. And Arizona would not even be half the team they are without this kid. His his value to them, game in and game out, he basically 
is walking into the building with Omar Ballo and they're combining for in and around the area code of 40 and 20 a game. At least. At least. Not bad. And, and he had 40 by himself on Thursday night against Oregon. Hmm. So he is that good. I, I, I love the way that they run stuff through him, run stuff for him. I think Tommy Lloyd, as an offensive technician, has set him up to be high-speed internet. I mean, the, the, this kid is just phenomenal. His motor is great, and he he's a pro. I mean, he he is playing like that. He's playing like that. They can run him off screens. And what he also does is he makes life easier for Kirk Creesa and Courtney Ramey to, to make the right play. Mm. And for Arizona, that's the biggest thing, is when Creesa is composed, Arizona could beat anybody in college basketball. But they have an All-American. I mean, Azulis Tabellis, if not for Zach Eady being the clear frontrunner for National Player of the Year, there's a case to be made that Azulis Tabellis could be National Player of the Year. So is he a first-team All-American? Yes, mm. he absolutely is. Part of the reason why he doesn't get discussed more is because he plays at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I, yeah, a lot of that makes sense. Um, the only reason I don't think I'd have him as a first-team All-American is as I – explicitly subscribe to the idea that you have to have a lineup that can kind of look like a basketball lineup and talk yourself into it somehow, some way. Um, so there's basically one of three spots that he could fit in, you know, in one of the two forward spots or the center spot. And Zach Eady's got to be on there. I think you got to have Jalen Wilson on there. I would have Brandon Miller over him. And I just think that at this point, I probably would have Trace Jackson Davis just a touch above him. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because Trace has been unbelievable over the course of the last five weeks. I think that that's probably more likely to continue than not continue. And I do think, tell me if you think this is crazy because Arizona fans have been roasting me for this. Um, I think that he's a little bit of a product of the system. I'm not saying that that he sucks, okay? But I think he's a little bit of a product of the system because if you look at what Gonzaga wants to do, uh, I'm sorry, what Arizona wants to do and what Gonzaga wanted to do when Tommy Lloyd was there, it's get those bigs out in transition, get quick post touches, get quick post seals, catch, turn, lay it in. Um, so to me, it's like if Azulis Tubelis and Trace Jackson Davis are basically like kind of lockstep, the tiebreaker for me is that I think Trace Jackson Davis is a more talented player, so that's why I would lean him. But like the very minimum, Azulis Tubelis is like a top eight player in the sport of college basketball and mm. deserves more attention and he's getting we all agree concur i concur all right we got 45 seconds so real quick both of you guys quick answer yes or no arizona should be one of the three favorites to win the national title no 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 not one of the three favorites no no to no uh instability at point guard emotional instability at point guard <laughs> emotional yeah. instability at the point kerr i got your back man look don't talk about my homie kerr creases don't talk about headband kerr like that hey my wife wore a headband kerr t-shirt the other day that you sent that was a medium doster i don't wear a medium you i know you like to make a, a joke no doster i have never asked for a medium he sent me once. xl he sent me xl i waved goodbye to that size at 15 <laughs> all right moving on dude here he, you know what your problem is doster you've been buying your wife clothes so it's always smarter to go with size you or think two my small. wife would wear anything that i would buy her no i don't even buy my own clothes bro she was wearing your grady dick shirt that you had the other day 
That's you true. Posted. They thought it was funny because it said I love dick on it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> All right. There uh, you go. Buy, sell, hold number three. UNC is a team that can make another run in March. T.O., you first. They, wow. Their inability to put Armando Baycott in a position to get the basketball is alarming. And we can say whatever we want. We can say he doesn't work hard enough for the ball. We can say the guards don't hurt. They don't throw it in there enough. Both are true. Both are true. If for Carolina to hit their ceiling, and there's a ceiling on this team because I think everybody's tired of talking about them. You got to find ways to get the young man the ball. Make it simple. Do a down screen post up. Make it simple. Get him something. Got to happen. I understand that Lively's a long dude and he had a heck of a game. But Armando Baycott's strong enough to where, like, he should be able to attack his chest and get to the free throw line. Next time they play in Chapel Hill, I bet Armando Baycott goes nuts. I'm just throwing that out there because he's going to attack his chest. He's going to get to the free throw line more. These guards, like, I understand the need to be aggressive as a guard. However, if you establish Baycott first and you're patient, all your shit's going to open up. Like, he has to be objective number one for that team. And he needs to work hard to get the ball, but also those guards have to settle their butts down and throw the ball in there, regardless look, look, of who they're playing. He's got to work hard to get the ball, but there's only so I, many times that you're going to work hard and yeah. be open and stand there and have the seal and watch somebody take a step back three as you're sitting here like this. And yeah. Well, hey, look, he's Trevor a human Booker. being too. And, and look, Armando is also the kind like he he doesn't have that kind of like. Fuck you, give me the ball. Like, throw me the rock person. He's a nice kid. Yeah, he's, he's a nice kid. But there's a couple of times where, like, I played with Trevor Booker. If he wasn't getting the ball in the post, he would just stand up and start cussing at you. Because <laughs> Trevor Booker, Trevor Booker wanted the ball. I threw Trevor the ball. <laughs> if you don't believe me, call Trevor. I threw Trevor the ball. He loved it when we were on the same wing because I was giving him the rock. Cause I knew that my guy was going to dig, like you could forget it. And vice versa. He I hit a couple shots, they weren't going to dig. So it was like he would just stand up or he would go stand in the lane and get a three-second call. It's a ballsy move, but that's the kind of – asshole's not the right word because I love Trevor. But that's the kind of competitor you need to be. Go in there and get a three-second call. <laughs> go in there and do it and say, hey, dude, I'm going to keep getting three-second calls until you start giving me the ball. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a bad decision. Armando, and, and here's the thing. It's not self-sabotage. It's not self-sabotage because those shots that Caleb Love's taking, they're turnovers anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, look, and you know what? The, beat him you, know, you could say, I'm just saving your shooting percentage, Caleb. NBA scouts are going to look at you much more kindly now that you are a more efficient player because instead of missing shots, I'm just getting three second calls. Give me the rock. Fancy. Exactly. Where do you stand exactly on right. UNC long term? Can they make a run? Look, this is still a team. They still have arguably the most uh, talented, maybe the most dangerous backcourt in America. They still got a five man. It's an all American. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can they make a run? Sure they can because it's wide open. They they can make a run. But not to the final four. No. Not back to the final four. Pete Nance on Saturday. 
Yes. He goes one for 10. Yep. One for 10. Love and Davis attempt to combine 31 shots, and they make 10 of them. And then you're sitting there saying, and this is the reason why I'm I'm, not, I'm down on Carolina. One player outside of the starters played more than five minutes in the game. It, it was Puff Johnson, who frankly is fine. In other words, they don't have any depth. Not when it matters. They really don't. They they they, they don't have depth. Uh, they Pete Nance has not filled in what Brady Manning did. They're no. two totally different players. They're totally different in their skill set and what they do. And there's just not enough there. There's just not enough there. They they caught fire, but the two guards with Baycott, that those three players then had a guy that was drilling, drilling catch-and-shoot looks from the perimeter that then gave them really a, a fourth dimension, if you will, to their offense. They don't have that this year. They don't have that this year. It was unrealistic to expect that a guy that was playing at Northwestern was going to be able to come to North Carolina and perform at an elite level. And Nance has not been that. He's been solid. Mm. He's been good. He's been good at times, but he's been bad at times too. And to me, Carolina caught lightning in a bottle last year. There's a reason for that phrase. They're not catching it twice. Yep. All right. Let's stay in. Uh, um, no, let's mix this up. All right. We're going to the WCC. Yeah. Oh, great. Buy, sell, hold. St. Mary's is a bigger threat to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament than Gonzaga is. Fanta. Buy, sell, hold. Buy. Buy because St. Mary's defense at an extremely high level. And St. Mary's has what Gonzaga doesn't this year. Point guard play. Aiden Mahaney is fantastic. He's a Mitchell dude. Saxon makes terrific plays uh, for, for the Gales. They have a combination that makes them really difficult to face because they do guard. They're going to make you play half-court basketball. They're going to make you work when you're on offense. And then they've got great screening action. St. Mary screens as much as any team in college basketball. And it's almost like being a freshman, you don't know any better, but also opponents are having trouble adjusting to who you really are. That's what I sense with Aiden Mahaney. His mm. level of control and playmaking and shot making late in the game against Gonzaga on Saturday night was that of a guard who can lead his team on a deep march run. This is as strong of a shot for St. Mary's to get to a Sweet 16 Elite Eight as they've had under Randy Bennett. They're that good. They have a two-game lead in the WCC. The Gales are more dangerous than the Zags this time around. Mm -hmm. Theo? Does Randy Bennett get enough talk? Like, that dude has been amazing for for so long, guys. I mean, he's been there forever. Has he had opportunities? Sure, but, like, what's the point? I'm just going to be great where I'm at. Bloom where I'm planted. I'm going to sit and be great. And yeah, absolutely. I'm buying the fact that because of what Fanta said, point guard play is still so important, guys. And I know Aiden's a freshman, but like so important, different weapons on a given night. Like it's it's somebody different. You can make that happen. St. Mary's is better than Gonzaga. I worry about Gonzaga. Where's their consistent stream of offense? Where has been 
It's just, can they win big games? Sure. I just don't know that there's enough firepower in the tank like there's been in recent years to where they can get all the way to the Final Four. Yeah, they don't have they don't have the same level of point guard play, right? Like, we talk right. about this all the time. Um, and people are probably sick of us saying it. We got to get the buzzer, T.O. Uh, but I gotta, I'm about to put Nolan, one in. Nolan Hickman is, is fine, right? Like, he is going to be a good college basketball player. He's not Andrew Nemhard. He's not Jalen Suggs. He's probably not Kevin Pangos. He's not what Nigel Williams Goss was. Like when they've been at their best, they've had absolute killers at the one. And they don't have an absolute killer at the one, which is a problem when you have a team that is never going to be elite defensively. Like Drew Timmy's not a guy that's going to be out there um making sure that you're a top 10 defense in America. He just isn't. He's he's out there to score. He's out there to get buckets. He's out there to be able to help you put up 90 every single night. And mm-hmm. when you don't have the uh, the perimeter pieces to be, allow you to put up those 90 points every single night, it kind of limits what you are. I, I think I also think the St. Mary's team, they got a little bit of Virginia in them this year, right? Where they're really going to guard. They're going to play at a pace that makes it a nightmare to kind of deal with them. They make enough threes that uh, they will be able to, they, they force you to guard them. They force you to run them off the three-point line. They got two guys that can make plays in their backcourt, Aiden Mahaney and Logan Johnson. Um, and they're so good at kind of gapping you and 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 taking away what you want to be able to run, right? They kind of t- force it so um, they uh, – I don't know how it always works out, but they're always like one of the leaders in uh, a defensive assist rates. So I'm very impressed with them. I'm all in on them. I would definitely buy them over this Gonzaga team. And, I like, look, I think it says a lot about what Gonzaga is as a program that they are sitting here at, what, 21 and – I think it's 21 and 4. 19 and 5. They're sitting at 19 and 5. They're 8 and 2 in the WCC. They've beaten Kentucky. They've beaten Xavier. They've beaten Michigan State. They've beaten Alabama. And we're like, yeah, you know what? This team, they really aren't all that good. They're like yeah. a top 15 team in America. And we're yeah. saying that this is the down year for Gonzaga. It tells you all you need to know about where that program is. All right. Next up. Uh, question number five, T.O., buy, sell, or hold Baylor as the biggest title threat in the Big 12 Conference? Um, I'm selling. selling. I know they're go- uh, uh, Baylor's the biggest national title threat in the Big 12. So I'm basically going Baylor versus the field. Well, just do you, you have to pick one of like pick one team, rank them. Is Baylor the the team that you would rank one to be able to win a national title? I'd probably rank them two behind Kansas. Question mark. Man, that league, it's unbelievable. They're all so good. Um, you got to have guard play to score. They have that. I, I don't think their forward spot has been as productive as it's been in recent years. That's my issue with Baylor so far. And Keontae George, as good as he's been. There's some disconnect with him and the other guards. There just is. And I they don't defend like they have in recent seasons either. Uh, they're actually the worst defense in the Big 12 Conference, which is – I mean, they're 74th in the country. That says a lot about the defense in the conference. You but. know who's the who's worse than conference-only defense in, uh, in the Big 12? Who? Texas Tech in league play wow. has been the worst defense in that conference. It's yeah, shocking. I – I'm looking not not in conference play. I'm looking at overall. Yep. But that that's that's um that's insane to me. <laughs> There's still top 75 defense in the country, and that's the worst in that league. Uh, I, I would probably, guys, to be honest with you, I'd probably either still go with Kansas, question mark Texas, 
question mark. I mean, there's just probably those two, Kansas or Texas, it's going to be a hell of a game. Um, probably Kansas, truth be told. Such a hard question. Mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, I, I thought Kansas just got their butts kicked on Saturday at Iowa State. Iowa State ran them off the floor. I mean, now Iowa State can do that to you. Mm-hmm. And Holmes has been fantastic. They, they, <laughs> you know, if you're Mark Schmidt, you're sitting there at St. Bonaventure being like, man, um, you know, Jaron Holmes and Oshun, Oshuni. Uh, well done. These guys, what's that? Well done. Oshun, yeah, Oshuni. I'd like yeah. to have these two. You know, I'd, I'd like to have these two. You're shaking your head because you knew how good they were. And yeah. you knew how good they've been, but look, they leveled up. For me, uh, um, I, I don't know about Kansas. I'm, I'm, they confuse me at times um, because, like, Grady Dick disappears, and uh, Kevin McCuller is a guy that go that has his ups and downs. Mm-hmm. When McCuller isn't doing much offensively, like his versatility on the defensive end of the floor, don't get me wrong, it's very, very good. But the inconsistencies of some of the supporting cast, Jalen Wilson's got to get some help. Mm. Jalen Wilson's not getting help mm-hmm. right now for Kansas. To me, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell that that it's Baylor, uh, I, and the reason why is because I'm gonna buy Texas. I mean, mm-hmm. I I just think that this group, the way that they've played. And the way that they've come together, don't you think that it would be fitting? Don't you think it would be fitting if this group was one win away from a Final Four? And at that point, why can't you get there? That mm-hmm. that you know, it's it, college basketball. We love to tell the the fairy tale story, and maybe Texas is that story this particular year. If Baylor was a top, even top sixty defensive team, I don't want to say that that it's you know that, that it's all analytics based, but like. I just have my concerns with them on that end. And if a team gets hot against them, if a team gets hot against them and they're not totally on point, then then they could they could be susceptible to losing. So I'm gonna say the, sell, the Rob. Thing, it's not yeah, Baylor. So I'm I'm buying Baylor as the, the biggest national title threat. Um the only reason I the only argument I see for Kansas over them is the guy on the sideline, Bill Self, trying to find a way to figure it out. It's just yeah, that's that's there's just hard. not like Jalen Wilson doesn't have enough help. But the biggest reason I'm buying Baylor is that JTT came back on Saturday, played 13 minutes, Great story. eight points, four rebounds. Like That, to me, can change what they can be defensively. They're never going to be great. All they got to be is good enough. And now that you have like a two-big-man two rotation in there, I also think it takes a little bit of the pressure off the guards because now you have that lob threat. Um, so that, that's, that's the biggest reason I'm buying Baylor. But it's also like saying – Buying Baylor as the Big 12 national title favorite is like saying I'm buying mint chocolate chip as my favorite ice cream. Like you can't really go wrong with every fit flavor of ice cream. Yeah, so like it's that. like picking your favorite flavor of ice cream, right? As long as you're not picking Texas Tech. Yeah, big thing. Yeah, big, big thing too. Rodney's Rodney Terry's only been to one tournament. Well, uh, yeah, and so here's this is actually the a whole perfect segue ballgame. into into number two is the Big 12 is getting two or more teams into the Elite Eight this year. Buy, sell, hold, Fanta. Buy. Buy. And, it's hard. And I think, well, it is hard because it's eight teams at that mm-hmm. point. Um, but I'm going to buy because I think that Iowa State gets undervalued. 
I think the TCU still gets undervalued. I still love them in the tournament. Love how tough they are defensively. I think they're sort of the forgotten. I think TCU is the stepchild of the Big Twelve uh, because they're not Texas. That's, they're that's not so well put. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not that. But 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 man, oh man, if they get on a run, I love them. I love them. I thought the TCU Arizona game in the NCAA tournament last year was unbelievable college basketball, and it was a second round game, and they were this close to winning. So for me, uh, I'm going to say two because of the coaching of Bill Self, because of the coaching of Scott Drew, but because of the talent level of some of these teams, I think one of the quote-unquote Big 12 off-brands, if you will, is going to make it to the Elite Eight. Mm. I really do because I, I think those teams are just so good in their quality. So, yeah, I'm going to buy this conference. I just don't think it's fraudulent in the NCAA tournament. I think there's too much right with it for things to go wrong. I also think you're going to get seven teams in. Like, I, th- there's a lot of chance there compared to other leagues. I, I, I'm buying, completely buying. That league is so good. And because you have to adapt to so many different styles of play, I think it gears them up for March. I, I, I'm buying them. Yeah. Two, two teams, in Elite Eight. It's not crazy. I like that. Yeah. Tio, like you that. said seven teams in. I, I'm going to go out at minimum, at minimum. I, at I minimum. think they're going to get eight. I think Oklahoma yeah. State right now after beating TCU would be in the tournament as of today. They yep. were the first team out on Friday before beating a top 15 team. I'm going to say that they're going to get eight teams in. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot of teams. That, that league is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's as well coached as any conference in the country. And you have like matchup style. Like just look at the teams that have made runs in recent years. Like Kansas won a national title last year. Baylor won a national title the year before that. Uh, Iowa State went from being an 11 seed to being the uh, in the Sweet 16 last year. Like you have, there's teams, there's there's weapons. The only doubt I have is I don't know how many teams have like high level NBA talent on them. Purdue, or I'm sorry, Purdue. Baylor has a, a has an NBA point guard. Kansas has probably two guys that are going to get drafted in Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick. I don't know if either of them are going to end up being first round picks, but beyond that, like I don't know if Texas Grady has Dick, an NBA Grady guy. Dick will be a first round pick. I, I don't know if Texas has a first uh, has an NBA guy outside of Dylan Mitchell. I don't know if Iowa State has an NBA guy. I don't know if TCU does. Like maybe Mike I'm not Miles, sure if I that guess. matters. This is a, this is a nuts take, but I I'm not sure if that matters as much this year because no nobody does because nobody yeah. has like those NBA guys. Yeah, I, I just Alabama. don't know if that matters as much this year because last year you, you saw what elite talent could do. Like look at what Paolo did. Like, look at some of those guys. Like, you saw what elite talent. I'm not sure this season it matters as much because the truly electric talents um, are Wembenyama and, and Scoot Henderson. Neither one of them were in college basketball. Brandon Miller could qualify, but if we look at, I, I think it's one of those the whole is greater than the sum of its parts situations this year because of that extra year of eligibility. I do think it matters. Like top talent matters. Having Brandon Miller on Alabama is going to matter. If you have the best player on the floor, it matters. That being said, a lot of times, like the other guys on the floor this season and potentially next season, it's going to cancel that out a little bit because the floor is is higher as far as the talent's concerned for the other four. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. And there's yeah. a lot of really good teams in college basketball this year that are old. I think yeah. age helps play some of that out. All right, Texas, last one I got Texas. for you, and then we're going to get out of here. Fanta, we're going to you first on this one. You are the Big East guy. You know the Big East as well as anybody. Creighton is the biggest national title threat in the Big East this year. Buy, sell, hold. Sell. It's Marquette. 
Ooh, I like it. I like it. They are that good. Uh, they are ranked, shameless plug, they are ranked eighth as we're talking in the Fox Sports Weekly Top 15. They should be a top 10 team in the AP poll. I, I don't think they will be because AP voters are stubborn and weird mm-hmm. uh, and old. Um, sorry, but it's true. Um, it, it, guys, they're playing out of their minds. I mean, this is a team that's won 13 of its last 15 games. Tyler Kolick has 189 assists. 189 assists with a lot of basketball to be played. Yep. It's absurd. In 24 games to total close to 200 assists. Cam Jones is an elite bucket getter. This team is very difficult to simulate in the practice because of the way they space the floor, the way they go inside out, the way that they also, they're capable defensively. They're not a great defensive team, but they're good they're, enough. They're getting better. They they're, they're almost in the top fifty. They're they're look. I think they're fifty third on Ken Palm right now. And if you look on Torvik, you kind of yeah. Yep. And, and you and you look at like the last basically three and a half weeks, they're kind of in that like top thirty ish, top thirty five kind of a range. So they're they're getting better on that end. Stevie Isn't Mitchell underrated. Come? Stevie Mitchell underrated. David Joplin has gotten a heck of a lot better. Omax Prosper, I love him. I love the way that he's evolved his game. Guy that transferred in from Clemson was kind of a role guy. He is that, but he's more than that. They have all embraced their roles, and that starts with the head coach. They are an unselfish playing team with an elite point guard who is deserving of Big East Player of the Year. He's deserving of it. I'm not saying he's going to get it, but he's deserving of it. I'm all in. I'm I'm putting my chips to the table. Marquette has not won an NCAA tournament game in 10 years. That's changing ten, this year. In 10 yeah. years. They that's, haven't made it to the second round in a that's, freaking that's, decade. They're going to win multiple. Year. They are going to be, they are going to be in a regional somewhere, somewhere. Imagine the garden. Be interesting to see them at a familiar place, uh, the home of the Big East tournament. Guys, I'm, I'm going all in. I'm putting my chips to the center of the table. Marquette is that good. Uh, the only thing I'll push back on is that I think Creighton right now is the best team in the Big East. When you combine the way that they can defend, how many different shot makers they have, how good Trey Alexander has been, uh, two-point guards, Arthur Kaluma, uh, Baylor Shireman. I think that we're seeing Creighton at their best. But Marquette is probably going to end up getting a better seed in the tournament than Creighton. You can't erase the fact that Creighton lost those six straight games. So it kind of is what it is. Creighton's probably looking at like a – Things go well for them, five, six, maybe a four seed. I think Marquette has a chance to get up into like the two, three seed line, which makes it a lot easier to make a run. T.O., you got 30 seconds. What do you got? Anything to add? Not much. I'm not sure there's a Final Four team in that league. I I think the league is very good. I I just – it's going to be tough. If you're Marquette, you said they're a defensive number since – Conference play was in the 30s. That's about where U- UConn was when they won the national championship, correct? And they, they have, for their adjusted defensive efficiency and all that stuff, I, I think it was in the mid-30s when Kemba was on the team. Or was it? No, uh, it was Shabazz Napier, excuse me. No, so when, when it was Shabazz, they were a top 10 defense and outside the top 50 in offense. They were actually, that Shabazz Napier, Ryan Boltwright team was the worst offense heading into the NCAA tournament that won a national title in the Kempom era. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, you know I, who I the worst defense the- was? Worst defensive team heading into the tournament in the Ken Palm era to win a national title was 
There's a reason they called him Psycho T and not Psycho D because he didn't want to play defense. Uh, it was a 2009 North Carolina team. Anyway, listen, this has been the DTF podcast. It's always fun to catch up with you guys. It's always great to hang out. Uh, make sure that you subscribe. Make sure you rate and review. Make sure you sign up for the daily. Make sure you uh, you subscribe to the podcast, do all the good stuff in the Field of 68 merch store, Field of 68.shop. So for Terrence Ogilvy, for John Phantom, my name is Rob Dawson. We're going to see you guys again next Monday.